I want to tell you something, and that is operating a food company has been one of the most challenging endeavors of my life. From innovating products that we want to land at the intersection of taste and nutrition, to wrestling with supply chain issues and managing inventory, I have had more sleepless nights in the past three years than I have in the last 30, including the 12 when I was a firefighter. But no one tells you that food is hard. But I also want to say it's because of each of you that we continue to get in the trenches day after day after day. It's in our core values to keep at it, knowing that we are filling a giant void in the market with products that you can't find anywhere else. And this makes it easier for us to climb out of bed each day. I want to thank you for your patience. We are anxiously awaiting the return of our organic pancake and waffle mixes. And we're excited to announce that our Plant Strong milks will be available online later this week, followed soon thereafter by the return of our exciting new burger mixes. Our goal is to be your reliable and trustworthy partner for all things Plant Strong, allowing you to stock up on healthy meals that you can make and enjoy in minutes while still managing your busy lives. I appreciate each and every one of you and want you to know that the effort will be worth it once more brands start to care about the integrity of the nutrition that they're putting into their products. Thank you so much for your support and please stay tuned for exciting updates at planstrong.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Snackables, where we chew on all things related to food, specifically plant-based foods. Now, this is not Jessica, is it? This is also <laughs> this is also not Amy Mackey. And as you know, Jessica Haggerty is on maternity leave. She and her husband Evan had a little baby boy, a little baby girl, girl. named uh -huh. Ellie. Uh, we're so excited for them. And so she'll be on maternity leave for about another two months. On our last episode, we had Amy Mackey, who's been part of the Plant Strong team for, gosh, probably seven years or so. And we chewed on all things related to building bowls and how easy that can be, building these no recipe recipe bowls. Today, I want to introduce you to a very special <laughs> person who's actually been with me longer than anyone else. This is Brenda Reed. Hi, Rip. <laughs> Hi, Brenda. Thank you so much for coming over. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. And Brenda, um, gosh, we first met, she went to culinary school here, mm -hmm. correct? Correct, yeah. And In what Austin. was the name of the school? It was the Natural Epicurean. Yeah, the Natural yeah. Epicurean. Mm -hmm. And we were doing an event. Um, it's actually the event where Amy Mackey came for the first time. It is. Uh, and it's over on the east side. It's a farm. Can you remember the name of the farm? Yeah, Boggy Creek Farms. Boggy Creek Farms. Mm -hmm. And you actually were part of the culinary team. I was. It was amazing. And that was like your first foray into kind of being part of the Plant Strong team. And now you are, I mean, for the last almost decade, you've been our head chef at all of our retreats. I have. 
And it's so <laughs> you are, you've become miraculous at problem solving, at figuring out, you know, how to make this, this, and this when you don't have this, this, and that. Uh, and we, we all believe that you are a miracle worker. Oh, thanks, so, Rip. <laughs> so it's really, it's really appropriate that, uh, that we have you on, on the show today and our listeners get to, get to meet you and how you can give them some simple, I think, tips uh, to elevate and enhance their cooking at home, especially as we head into the holidays. So with Thanksgiving right around the corner, do you have any plans? Oh, actually, I do. We are headed to Holbosch, Mexico. There are 32 of us all on the same flight out of Austin on uh, next uh, Saturday morning, 6 a.m., Wow. Yeah. I can officially say I am jealous. Oh, I'm so excited. We've been waiting for this forever. I turned 50 last February or yeah. this past February. Yeah, so yeah. this is my 50th uh, birthday trip with some family and friends. Well, I'm, I'm super excited for you and it's, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be well-deserved. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Wow. There are 12 kids under 12 going to be with us as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should be fun. Never a dull moment. <laughs> no. Well, I... Uh, we are picking up and we're going to fly to Cleveland and Wonderful. we're going to be with my parents, Ann and Essie, for, uh, for about a week. Aww. And then right next door to Ann and Essie are, lives my sister, Jane, and her husband, Brian Hart, and, uh, and then their three kids that are now, you know, they're out of the house in college, but they'll be coming back. So it'll be really fun. And, and my kids love, um, love hanging out with their cousins and yeah. we'll probably go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and if I can score tickets, maybe a Cleveland Browns football game, oh, yeah. and then uh, maybe the Natural History Museum, things like that. Well, if I can, I'm going to try to <laughs> hang in a hammock on no. the beach, uh, perhaps swim in the ocean, and uh, right out of my hotel room. Yeah. There's only 15 rooms at the actual place, so I think we're occupying 12 of them. <laughs> All right, I, I need a full report when you get back. <laughs> Absolutely. Lifetime trip. So excited about it. Oh, my gosh. Well, so let's just dive into. So the weather's turning. It's starting to get cold. We're approaching the holiday season. And so I thought it would be wonderful if we talked all things soups. Oh, amazing. I to, love soup. I love soup, too. To me, it's like a warm hug. Yep. And there's nothing as comforting and delicious and soothing as a good soup. Um, so let's just jump right in. Um, I think it, 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 it can help you people live more plant strong when you've when you're consistently making a good soup. I think so. I think I'll just ask you. So, so do you have like a, a favorite soup that you like to make or do you have a key <laughs> when it comes to, to soups or? I do. I do have a favorite soup. It's a uh, kabocha like a squash soup yep, or yep. kabocha. People say it all different ways. Um, I say kabocha because it sounds cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love to work with squashes and soups, um, definitely. They are uh, plentiful this time of year and wonderful. And I don't know if you know the origin of soup, though. Have you ever, ever thought about where soup, how it was created, how it oh, came I along? Oh, I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I had know? a dream about it last night. No. <laughs> Will you please share with oh, me? Oh, absolutely. I will please share with you. So the etymology of the word soup actually has a like German roots, they first think. And it was um, basically like SOP, like soap. And it was basically to consume liquid. Mm. 
And then somewhere along the line, it took a little turn and it hopped over into to uh, what's Latin, that language yeah. that from a long time ago. And it became like suppa. And it was mostly like that's how supper became created. But at that time, it was like people didn't really have spoons and they weren't necessarily drinking the soup. So they used it as consuming liquid with bread. And so you would kind of dunk the bread in there and then eat the soup. And then at some point, of course, the French, they picked it up and it became like soaking bread in liquid, really hearty, let's eat it type of thing. So that's the origin of it. And then when it became kind of to us, it was supper, sup, soup. And people think of soup in all sorts of ways. Like, I don't know. Do you like thick soup, thin soup, chunky soup? I I can't stand a thin... (laughs) A thin, you know, uh, soup. I need something that's got a lot of, it's got a lot of heart. It's like, you know, you can float a, a spoon on top of it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I like stews, chilies, hearty soups. Yes. For sure. And we do have some good stews and chilies out there yeah, yeah, on yeah. the Plant Strong family. I can tell you, I got counted off on my soup in culinary school because it was too thick. Because oh. it, it, at that time, it was supposed to be lifted from the bowl, and you churn the spoon, and it's supposed to run off nicely. And mine was a little too thick. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd be okay with a thinner soup. I just don't like a broth, just a real yeah. brothy, like uh, like a ramen soup or something oh, like that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love ramen-type soups. <laughs> Unless it's a bang and bok choy, and then oh. I do love those. Oh, yes, but. yes. We should talk about that one in a little bit. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that in a little bit. Well, as far as some techniques I have, I kind of think of like three principles when I'm going to create a soup. The first one I think of is what's the consistency going to be? Yours is going to be thick. Yep. Mine's not going to be too thin, but it's going to be kind of somewhere in the middle, depending on what I'm doing. And then I think, well, what are my key ingredients? Because you can do anything with soup. You don't even need a recipe. You can just put whatever the heck you want in yeah, it. Yeah. And um, then I think about the preparation method. And oftentimes people think about like a soup or a stew cooking all day long and making those aromas in the house. And and that is great. But then from what I gathered from Amy's talk with you, yeah. you know, a while back, easy and simple. Yeah. And there are some really easy and simple ways to just do soups and stews and not even think much about them. Sometimes where you just roast everything in the oven. And then later add a little bit of broth and just blend it and it's mm. ready to go. Mm. So it and doesn't it sound, have to complicate. It, sound, it sounds like, and I think I learned this uh, in talking to either Chad Sarnow or Derek Sarnow when oh, I had them on the podcast. They're wonderful. Oh, yeah. And they talked about how you just want to have all these different kind of like layers of flavors mm-hmm. and roasting and caramelizing and toasting really helps give that. Oh, absolutely. Um, when you can, you can get things, you can get aromatics. So onions and garlic going in the pot. If you have like a little crock pot or something that you cook in or a little Dutch oven, um, get those going like on that really hot flame and then just add a little water and deglaze it right there. You already have a nice little base that's going to add that caramelization layer piece. Then you just add water and add vegetables and you just let it go for a while. And I think one of the things people always wonder is how much liquid do I put in it? Yeah. Right. And it really just depends on what the heck are you going to do with it? Is it going to be thick and chunky or somewhere in the middle or super runny? And basically, I always just let my vegetables go and then I cover the liquid to the top of the vegetables for a while and then just simmer them. If I'm just making some sort of simple vegetable soup or I get my kaboka squash cut up. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the key things, too, I think people need to do in the preparation is think about the vegetable. Is it going to break apart really quickly or is it going to take a longer time to cook? Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's going to take a longer time to cook, you definitely want to make smaller chunks or dices. And if it's going to break apart, you can leave those a little bigger, like some so, half moons. So give me an example of some vegetables that break apart easily and others that oh, take yeah. longer. Yellow squash, zucchini, they break apart really yep. easily. Um, the longer ones are going to be your harder winter squashes, the pumpkins, the kabocha squash, the um, butternut squash. Oh, do you peel your squash if you're going to make a soup, like your butternut or kabocha? Uh, yes, I do. You do. I okay. Do. Is that is that a miss? No, no. <laughs> do you cut yourself when you peel? Uh, or is it not, hard? Not lately. Not lately. <laughs> Have you ever cut yourself when you peel? Sure. Oh, absolutely. me too. Oh, me too. I, I recently stopped peeling my squashes. Uh, and especially if you get a big old kabocha squash, yeah. right? Have you seen one? Oh, yeah. They're like yeah. a green, like, <laughs> yeah. pumpkin kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah. So... Have you tried to peel one of those? No, I know. You, I can't say I have. Yeah, and then you got to cut it and you're hacking it and you just really want to be careful in the kitchen, right? You don't want to make this amazing soup for your family and then <laughs> have your hands all bandaged up. So I've recently just really taken to cutting the squash, the kabocha, the harder winter ones, and then um, roasting them mm-hmm. and just getting them a little moisture, putting them on some parchment paper on 400, seasoning them up. If you put a little water on them first, mm-hmm. or if you want to do some sort of tamari, low sodium tamari or something, you just need them to be a little bit damp when you go to put the seasoning on them. If you're going to put them on parchment paper and straight into the oven, otherwise they're going to dry out really fast, right? So you want those pieces to be small um, so that if you are going to blend them later, they'll blend up nicely. But if you're going to take the skin off after you roast them, then you can just peel the skin off, right? Get them into the pot, put your liquid in and get them going. That's a great, um, that's a great, I mean, I don't want to call it a trick, but it's a great technique. Right, right. So you don't have to like try and peel that crazy skin off when it's when it's not cooked. Right. And you could eat the skin. The problem is if you don't want your soup to be green, (laughs) like the color of the skin, you might want to, you might want to take it off, but you could eat the skin. So that's great. Let me ask you that, ask you this, and then I I want to chime in. Do you have like a favorite soup that you make? Like, I don't know, every week or every couple, Mm. couple weeks? Well, you know how you spoke of the Sarno brothers? Yeah. So that Boggy Creek Farm event, Derek Uh Sarno was actually the lead on that. So when I was in culinary school getting my externship hours, I got to see how he moves and shakes, right? So I'm a huge fan of the Sarno brothers, and I definitely think they have some amazing techniques. And they have... A, um, they have a take that's really, really good on like a corn chowder of mm. potato and mm. corn chowder. That is my go-to all the time, yeah. all the time. And you, Rip, have actually convinced me that it is okay to use frozen vegetables ah. and frozen grains. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're actually good. <laughs> well, it's funny you, you talk of that that corn chowder. I guess potato corn chowder. Yeah. But actually, it's in the Whole Foods. Uh, cookbook. Oh, right. That, that actually, uh, I think it was Chad uh, helped with the recipes in it. Right. And um, I was having dinner over at John Mackey's house, and he actually served that oh. one night. And I think I went back for force. It was oh. 
So good. Oh, yeah. I ate at least four to five bowls yeah. in one setting. And I don't know if you know this, but um, there is a there is a grocery chain store out there yeah. that's um, sir, that sells a fire-roasted corn, frozen corn. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Trader Joe's, right? Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I so good. I know I love getting it. Yeah. And, and it's just it's uh that fire roasted corn gives it so much flavor. Oh, it does. Fire it's roasted wonderful. anything. Fire really roasted helps. anything is great. But yeah. especially corn. It's so it's so versatile. Yeah. Um so it's interesting. So, you know, when I graduated from the University of Texas yeah. at Austin, I immediately started to cook, right? Because okay. I didn't have to I wasn't eating on the athletic training table any longer. And I would say that for the next 10 years, while I was kind of, you know, a bachelor and a triathlete, <laughs> I would make three, I would rotate between three different soups that I would make one every week. And I'd make a huge oh, batch wow. and it would last me for a couple of days. And that's one of the things I love about soup, right? It's how you make it. And then you can like have it for leftovers. You can freeze it. You can add ingredients to it and kind of right. like, you know, make it change it up a little bit. You right. can put it on top of green leafies, different grains. It, it's wonderful. But so I would rotate between just a three bean chili. Okay. That, you know, just love, it's a love, love a good chili, just a split pea soup, right? With just all the, just potatoes, onions, garlic, and then uh, a red lentil soup. Those three. Okay. Right. Just simple soups that, you know, me who wasn't much of a cook would, would rotate through. Um, and now, you know, I've I'm starting to up my game a little bit. And when I wrote The Engine 2 Diet, uh, which is which was the first book, had a bunch of soups in there. And do you have a soup that you love making when you have company over, like for the Super Bowl oh. or something like that? I'm going to say a go-to is going to be a chili, more like a stew, just because it's hearty. You can put a ton of vegetables in yeah. it and just, it's really, and I let it go all day. Yeah. I mean, low and slow because yeah. yeah. right. then all the spices and the flavors really start to meld. And then you come out on top, with, mm, just something <laughs> really wonderful, like a little sourdough or some yeah, cornbread yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I would say chili. Chili's the bomb. Yeah. And with every and with every one of my soups, I always usually toast one or two pieces of whole grain bread. Yes. And then I dip it in the soup, almost like it's a spoon. Oh, uh, yeah. Try and take my time so I don't go through the bread too fast. Medieval times. But, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I think that, so my, the soup that I love when we have company coming over, actually, I think my wife, Jill, actually adores it more than I do, but it's the Mexican lime soup from the engine oh. to diet. And, um, it really pairs well with the, uh, the vegetable, uh, the vegetable broth. And, uh, it is basically it's, it's onions, garlic, red potatoes, mushrooms, like five different poblano peppers oh. that you have to roast, roast them first and, and de-seed. And then it's corn on the cob. But you actually, it's not corn off the cob. You just cut up. Like, like the frozen ones? We, you, no, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I've ever gotten frozen They're not corn. as good. They're not as good. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is, like, I think it's important the that real the corn thing. be fresh. Okay. But, you know, slice up that, let it all just kind of all those flavors meld together for a while. And then you take it out and then you put on top of it 
cilantro, a squeeze of lemon, tomatoes, freshly cut um, avocado. Mm. And then if you want to, we, we bake we bake our own you know chips from corn tortillas. And that is just divine. Oh, yeah. That just sounds amazing. It. Absolutely love Did it. Did you make some for us? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Carrie, get after it. Sounds <laughs> great, everyone. You know, speaking of all your soups in that one, I wanted to kind of go back to your red lentil one that yeah, you did yeah. in college, because I think for the listeners out there, that is such a quick and simple soup. When we were talking about things that break apart quickly, yep, red yep. lentils, right? You're not having to sort and soak and do all those things that you might do with brown or green lentils. So you could just do some onion and a garlic base. Um, again, on that, you know, caramelize it, deglaze it, put the red lentils in, and then choose your spice, what you want to do. Do you remember what you used to season yours with in college? Oh, it was, I mean, it was just the basics. I mean, yeah. back then it was just, it was, it was salt and pepper, maybe, maybe like chili, red chili yeah, it takes very little for red lentils yeah. and they're so healthy and they're just right up there on top. And then when I think about like a red lentil or something like that, I might take a Yukon gold potato and, you know, put it on top of that. Almost it was a chili. And then I always, I don't know how you feel about arugula. I adore arugula. Oh, me too. Yeah, that peppery. It's a, it's a pirate's favorite green leafy. Oh. Arugula. <laughs> I'll have to tell that to my son tonight. Yes, he's five and he hasn't quite gotten the concept of jokes yet. So I'll have to help him out for sure. But um, I serve it with uh, arugula and a baby kale Mm -hmm, type mm -hmm. of little thing, some little shaved red onion and um, a little tomato on it. Uh, It's a great accoutrement to the red lentils. Uh A little balsamic vinegar. Sweet. Mm. Yeah, it works. So um, I want you all to know that I trust... We on the whole Plant Strong team, we trust this woman so much that we actually tasked her (laughs) with taking all of our new veggie broths. So um, the slow simmered vegetable, the shiitake mushroom, the Spanish style sofrito, and the what am I missing? Do you know? <laughs> yes, I was listening. Was it the shiitake mushroom? No. No. The no. sofrito, the corn, the corn. The sweet corn. Right? We love corn. We love corn. And the sweet corn. And and tasked you with basically, because they're so versatile, they can just enhance and elevate so many different recipes, but specifically coming up with a really kick-ass recipe using these broths that people can make. Um, and I'd love it if you would just talk maybe about one or two of the Yeah. Recipes. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks because that was a really fun task that I was super intimidated by at first. And you might think, why, if you're back in the kitchen preparing from 100 to 800? Because we don't really use recipes in the back of the house. You know, we use the intuition or just this looks good or this is what we have. And so when it came down to the specifics of writing a recipe that could serve four to six or six to eight, it really made me think. Mm. Then I realized I enjoyed it. Mm. And I realized it only took about a week to come up with four of them and then kind of test them. And it was a really cool, a really cool concept. And I think the two that struck, well, what I want to mention all four of them real quick and then I'll get into one of them. But I thought what was amazing was if um, you've tried the broth, I wanted to speak specifically to the broth as the um, component of why a broth is a broth. So uh, broths are kind of already have an elevated 
um, flavor profile to them because traditionally they came off of stock. You'd kind of slop off the stock that mm. had been simmering on the low flame all day long because the stock was just something that was reserved and kept over a flame and going and going for your lifetime back in the back in the day, right? <laughs> but we don't have that luxury anymore. So a broth is more enhanced and more refined and more flavorful, and you can often maybe even sip it. So with the Sofrito broth, I wanted to actually go for a paella. Mm. And, uh, oh yeah, I mean, I've traveled to Spain and had paella before and it's amazing. And a lot of paella obviously is like animal things that swim in the sea and stuff, yep. you know, that we yep. don't eat. So I was like, we got to have a veggie paella. So I kind of took on that task and I do not like green peas, <laughs> I don't like them. Yeah. So I put chickpeas in it. Yeah. But the, I will say that that sofrito broth and that paella is a little intricate. It takes a little bit of time because you want to go like a longer slow and low. So it might be a great holiday preparation. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to have a paella is one of your, you know, guest dishes. Um, but the one I really want to talk about today is so simple. Our shiitake mushroom broth stands alone. It is so good. And it was so easy just to take that shiitake mushroom and turn it into your favorite kind of soups, ramen <laughs> and pho yeah, or yeah. pho, pho yeah. or pho. Please yeah. excuse me, choose how you say it. But but Rip, I, I gotta I gotta ask you. Yeah. Why do you not like that kind of soup? Uh, I think it's I think it's probably because whenever I've gone to like a pho restaurant, uh -huh. um, it's just so salty. Oh, and I right. just find that I, I, you know, I'm drinking water, I'm drying gallon, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, how do we not make it salty? <laughs> well, and we know that this actually this mushroom broth only has 20 milligrams of sodium per serving, so that's pretty. Oh yeah, pretty darn good. Oh yeah, it's so standalone. So this mushroom broth, well, I get it. So one of the main differences between ramen and pho is that pho is typically typically a rice noodle. Mm. And the ramen is typically a wheat noodle, okay? And then you can go back, is it China or Japan? You can go back through all these origins. But the thing about it is, is um, it's quick and easy. So the mushroom broth, have you ever heard of star anise? Star anise? Uh -huh. I've heard of anise. Yeah, okay. I don't know what the first thing you said, though. Star? Star. star. <laughs> like starlight, star bright. <laughs> star anise. First star anise you, I put in my broth you're tonight. you have to help me. <laughs> so it has more of like a licorice, like a little bit of a licorice flavor, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. So in our, in the recipe, actually, do you have a box of the shiitake mushroom broth? I do. I do. Could you, is it handy? I, I can grab it because I have them all right here. Yeah. Right yes, right Because here. on the back of this, yeah. Um, yeah. you can, there's a QR code. Yeah, a little QR code. If mm -hmm. you don't know what a QR code is, it's actually this little kind of like, what does it almost look like to you? Oh, a, like, a, like a circle with an alien. Circle with an alien. Yeah, in it. And then definitely. You, just, you just put your phone, <laughs> you put your phone on camera mode. You don't have to click anything. You hold it up. And then it basically will then spit out a link and then you click, click the link and then it takes you right to the, the banging bok choy noodle soup. You know, what's interesting. I thought all QR codes had to be square. So they're not. So you're looking on the back of that box for a little round spaceship thing. Yep. So this, so the broth, all I did was I wanted it to have more of a pho kind of flavor. So I put star anise in it. 
And I guess if you don't have any, you could just throw licorice in it. But why would any of our listeners have licorice? Yes. Yes, probably not. Well, anyway, so it has, it gave it a little bit of flavor and just whole garlic cloves and just get it kind of simmer around, simmering around in the broth for a while and lifting out the star anise. But the highlights of this were lots of cremini mushrooms, yeah. just all chopped up and like baby bok choy, like full on big baby bok choy things. And then the the ramen I chose to use, because I actually wanted it to be a rice noodle, but it's called ramen in the Lotus Foods ramen that we use. I'm going to actually, you know what? It's kind of crazy. And you and, I, and you like this kind because you actually oh, uh, do, so, do gluten-free, right? Well, some, I do, but mostly now I'm trying yeah. to eat more gluten <laughs> in my life. But... There's this brand out here called Lotus Foods, and they have, they call them rice ramen, and they come in like this brick right here, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. And and this takes about four minutes to (laughs) to soften and cook up, and it's going to tell you to cook it separately from the package. I don't want another pot. I want one pot. So I've got my broth going, take out my star anise, I leave the garlic in there, um, maybe even roast it, and then throw this in there and let it get going and break it all up. Then I'll just throw the bok choy in, the mushrooms, great ginger. Mm. Not like great ginger, but great ginger. Great, so do great you use ginger. do you use ginger at all in your cooking? I got some ginger here. We yes. Yeah. Yes. I make a lot of um, sauces with it. So if you if you if you're not familiar with ginger, they come in like fingers and really, you know, what I do is I pull it off and you might be catching this about me, but I don't like to use a lot of extra things and I actually don't like to cut the skin off things. Yeah. So what I do is I just take the ginger with the skin on, I do not peel it, and I just grate it all right into there. Wow. Yeah. In the skin s- and all. Skin and all. And the skin might get stuck in there. It might yeah, be here yeah. clumpy a little bit, but it doesn't matter. I figure it's extra like microbiome organism things for your body. We want every type of fiber <laughs> we can get I know. to feed these little guys. Yeah. And I, I put copious amounts of ginger in, probably more than the recipe calls for because it's anti-inflammatory. It's so great. And then- Honestly, I think the key to this recipe is the condiments. Do we call, we call them sparks, right? Is that what I heard? Sparks. Yep. Sparks yep. are yep. Yep. things that elevate the flavor. So for me, elevating the flavor at the end of this dish is really, really important. So have you ever used furikake? Uh, furikake. <laughs> no, and it sounds nasty, but I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> it's basically... Furikake. It actually sounds kind of like nasty. <laughs> it's actually sesame seeds and nori and a little oh, bit of salt. That so it's sounds wonderful. Black and white sesame seeds. Never judge anything by its You name. should never <laughs> judge anything. A little bit of kelp powder, which gives, you know, the yeah. iodine. And so um, sprinkle this on top. It's really good. Actually, my son loves to just open this up. Shout out to Langston. Wow. Put a little. Yeah, in, I bet yeah. you Simon Hill would, uh, would approve yeah. of this. There as you far go. As getting and your then, iodine. oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, your iodine. Absolutely. Mm, mm. Think about that all the time. Wow, that is nice. Isn't that nice? So this is it right here. I don't know. Um, it's my first time to showcase this amazing bowl. And then I know we're big on vinegar, right? And vinegar with yep. our greens. Have yep. you heard of this? <laughs> Can you say it? Yuzu. I think. No, yuzu. <laughs> yuzu. No, yuzu. No, <laughs> I don't even know what a, what a yuzu is, but it's really good. Sounds like a car. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should get a fleet. <laughs> it's um, It's vinegar. Um, so like vinegar in a lemony citrus kind of way. So and chili pepper. So it's like sweet and spicy, like our sweet fire um, salad dressing. Yeah, that we use. 
So um, again, these are small amounts because they are condiments and, you know, they, they yeah. might add a little extra sodium in there, but they're great. Or you can just go with, I know that you love, um, don't, aren't you a sriracha kind of guy? Yeah, yeah, and, I like yeah, yeah. Sriracha. I, in fact, actually, I do the whole Sarno red squirrel thing in there, yeah, you know? Yeah. 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 I put everything imaginable in my um, noodle broth soups at the end mm. to give them as much flavor as possible. That's interesting. This says simultaneously spicy and citrusly. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really true. And you know what? I, I'm not going to lie. I had it on my greens this morning. Wow. Well, I, uh, yep. I applaud you for having greens. Thank you. In the morning. I hear they're important. <laughs> yes, you, you, you know that. Um, so can I tell you about a dish I made last night? Yeah, please do. So we sent out a newsletter last, yesterday. And it was basically four different recipes oh. using sweet potatoes. And one of them was this recipe that we got from Pam Croft, who's like the vegan trail mama. Mm. And she um, submitted this recipe. It's called sweet potato curry. And you make it, you make it in an Instapot mm. and it takes eight minutes. Oh. And it's got five ingredients. Oh. So That's listeners. Big. Like either go back and pull up the newsletter or take copious notes right now because I'm just gonna tell you quickly. Okay. So we didn't ha- we don't have an Instapot. We need to get one. I think we have a crock pot. So instead of taking eight minutes, it took us four <laughs> four <laughs> hours. It's like whoa. That's, is that even fair? <laughs> it is, and I'll tell you why later. Uh, okay. Okay. Good. So. Five ingredients, and this is what you start with the oat milk. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to give you quantities right now, but you start with okay. like, you th- throw in the oat milk. Then you throw in uh, Thai red curry paste. And I was mm. like, mm. oh my God, do we even have that in the house? Yeah. And Jill's like, yeah, let's let's look. And we found some in the refrigerator. Guess what the best buy date was? Oh, uh, like 2018. January 2012. Oh! January 2012. But you, you used guess what? It. We used it, and it was fine so so then we mixed that in and we stirred that up then we threw in three sweet potatoes okay that were de-skinned and and then we cubed them and threw that in there so it's kind of layered okay and then we threw in uh two cans of chickpeas oh amazing and then we threw in like a couple handfuls of chopped kale then you just close the lid and i'm telling you it was so delicious creamy wonderful and everybody in the house loved it oh i'm loving it right now i'm coming over yeah i'll go there now so what what was the thing you wanted to tell me about the crock pot (laughs) oh okay so i have a hard time with the whole instapot thing i get it for convenience but in my culinary school we studied some traditional foundational approaches like macrobiotic and ayurvedic cooking and those really really stem from like a long and slow Uh, cook with infusion and things so i have a hard time jumping on the instapot crowd even though i know it's if it gets people to eat more plants and have flavor i'm all for it no i get it something about it seems like doesn't seem quite right (laughs) you can cook something in eight minutes like that typically takes several hours yeah i i was just thinking about when you said your red curry paste was from 2012 yeah i traveled to thailand and laos in 2012 and I took cooking classes there and we were making our own curries from all wow. the spices and the paste. And then the cooking in Laos was over a clay pot. Most people say Laos, but they told me it was Laos. So Laos, um, Laos was over a clay pot in a fire. So you had to be patient by a running river, the Mekong. So in 2012, when you bought your 
your curry. I was making curry in Thailand. (laughs) Wow. Once again, I'm jealous. You're going to Mexico. You're in Thailand making curries. Living the life. Must be nice to be Brenda Reed. (laughs) Hey, it is right at the moment. (laughs) Wow. Um, So we're winding down here. Any any last words that you want to like impart to our to our guests about soups or broths as we go into you know the holiday season i do i do honestly it doesn't matter what the recipe calls for or what it has it's all what you like and your flavor and you really shouldn't be intimidated by making anything because soup is just liquid right Mm -hmm. and so it can look at like obviously rip likes it chunky i like it a little in the medium area and so it can look and feel and taste however you want and i just don't think you should be afraid of it go quick or go long it doesn't matter and um you'll be great and we're here for you (laughs) And, and the thing is the thing about soups again to me they're so versatile and you can have them for dinner you can have them for lunch the next day Put them on a bed of greens. Put them on a ground a bed of you know brown rice, barley. You name it. Um, so get out there and like start making some soups. Yeah. And and the thing is, you feel you feel like you've accomplished so much when oh, you've you made a, when you've made a good soup on a Saturday or Sunday. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, as we're wrapping things up, I want to remind you: go to the episode page at plantstrongpodcast.com, and there you will have access to so many recipes. You'll actually be able to get the recipe for bang and bok choy that uh, Brenda talked about and also the veggie paella. Got it. It's super Mm -hmm. exciting as well. Um, And I can't believe I almost forgot. The whole month of November, we are doing a line drive sale across all the broths, the chilies and the stews at Whole Food Market stores nationwide, a dollar off. So go in and be sure to check it out. We also are launching, as of I think today, yes, all of exciting. our broths, chilies, and stews that you can get now at PlantStrongFoods.com. So you can sit in the comfort of your home, order them, and they're drop shipped right to your doorstep. So that that's pretty exciting oh, yeah. as well. And then I'll, one more thing to share with you, and that is this Sunday from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Central Time, we are going to be doing our next Rips Rescue free event. It's all centered around men's health, a change of heart, and I've invited two rock star physicians to join me, Dr. Aaron Spitz, who all of you know from the Game Changers film. He is spectacular. He's also the author of The Penis Book. And then we also have Dr. Brian Aspel. Brian is a lifestyle cardiologist. He's been on the podcast. He's been on another Rips Rescue. Mm -hmm. And he um, is just such a gem of a human being. And I can't wait for you all to meet uh, Aaron and Brian. So again, that's this Sunday. If you're, if I've talked way too much, again, just go to the episode page at plantstrongpodcast.com and we'll have all this information and more for you. All right, Brenda, thank you again for joining me. You're welcome, Rip. (laughs) Peace Engine 2. Keep it plant strong. And uh, we'll see y'all next time. Thanks.